unscripted, unbound, unconditional. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. I'm Mindy. I'm Nicole. And we are the hosts of The Well Unfiltered podcast. Where each episode you'll hear unscripted faith stories that will make you think. Unbound life lessons that will crack you up. I'm talking adjust your waistband laughter. But most of all, unconditional grace and love that will help you connect to God and to other women. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. Welcome back to The Well Unfiltered. We are happy to see you today. I'm Mindy. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking about a topic. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that before you say the name of this topic, Mm -hmm. that there needs to be some kind of, you know, we have a, a really great friend of ours who edits these episodes and there needs to be some horror film treatment or ominous music mm-hmm. as we build up to this because really it's a nightmare to talk about it truly is today we're talking about submission oh my gosh yeah i know we're going there because this is the well unfiltered that's right so we go to these places but yes. this topic nicole is one that i think i cannot deal with sometimes I think if you were to say, if we were to take a poll right now, Mm -hmm. who would love to talk about submission that there might be? (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) I wanted to hear this. Yes. Because I think for for women of faith, this is actually, you know, we just, it is a loaded topic. It can even be a traumatic topic. Absolutely. The idea of submission and its relationship to scripture, I mean, it has caused so much pain and angst for women across the years. Mm-hmm. So I'm, why do you think we need to talk about it? I think we need to talk about it because of how it can be used to support negative, harmful, even abusive mm-hmm. kinds of relationships between men and women. Um, and to just give a little bit of disclaimer, um, as we continue in this series, we've, t- we've said we want to talk about the things that people don't talk about in church. And it may seem, well, wait, people are talking about submission <laughs> in church. But we would argue that they're talking about it in a limited way mm-hmm. and that it's only in the fullness of the conversation that we really understand uh, the fullness of what God is calling us to do in relationships and particularly marital relationships between men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just think that in our, and I am a lover of alliteration. Yes, So those of you who had to listen to uh, one of my sermons on doctrine, yes, I once preached a sermon on doctrine. I remember describing some of our engagement with scripture as this obsession with a candy-coated Christ and this idea that we want the easy, sweet, (laughs) um, less substantive and hard Mm -hmm. parts of our faith. And submission brings up something that's uncomfortable, hard, Mm -hmm. and difficult. And yet to really call ourselves followers of Christ, we have to deal with it. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you talk about the candy-coated Christ. I love love Mm -hmm. it so much. (laughs) Um, But I think this topic, it can be difficult or it can be it can be that candy coated Christ. Just take it at face value and don't ask mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where some of the damage has come yeah. in. 
Yeah. So why don't you set the stage for us? When we okay. talk about submission, what is like the key text that we go to? Ephesians 5. <laughs> and we just happen to have this, open, to Bible have this Bible to open. Ephesians chapter 5. Yes. <laughs> yes. So if you are not familiar with this passage, this is Paul's letter to this church, and he's writing about, you know, how to be in relationship with each other, mm -hmm. and the heading in this Bible is actually the Christian household. Oh, yes. Yes. So I'm going to read this to you. It's Ephesians 5, 21 through 25. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the Savior. Just as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Can I tell you a story from seminary real quick? <laughs> oh, I want to hear the story. <laughs> so there was a really brilliant woman who I never had classes with, but one of my friends did. And they were studying like Akkadian, ancient Near East culture. I mean, like so brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was like, there were some feisty men that were like, women shouldn't be leaders. And they asked her once, they're like, well, you are a Bible scholar. What do you do with passages like this? Mm -hmm. And she looked at him with a straight face and said, I ripped those pages out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so that's one attitude there you could is have. One attitude. <laughs> but since we are going to keep the pages we in, we are going to keep the pages in. I wonder if we might start with what we were taught yes. about this scripture. And I think that the first image that comes to mind, and this is where I'm aging myself, I remember when my parents' cars only had tape players. And you had to flip it over, like, to get mm -hmm. to the B side or the A side. And I remember only hearing this verse, not this passage of Scripture. The verse around wives being subject mm -hmm. to your husbands and the husband is the head of the house. The rest of that was left on the B side. That was never turned over or examined mm -hmm. in church. There was this focus on women being subject and less conversation or biblical unpacking of the rest of the narrative. I don't think I even heard a sermon or any Bible study on the fullness of this until I was in seminary. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's different from your experience. Yeah, I would say what was interesting about my experience growing up is that until I was in mid-elementary school, because my mom died when mm -hmm. I was young, I had a single dad. So I didn't really see maybe these dynamics at play in my household, mm -hmm. but I certainly heard them preached in our church. And it okay. was a very, you know, complementarian space where women have one role, men have one role. Mm -hmm. um, and so I grew up hearing that, but always maybe being a little confused yeah. about, it, is this how this actually works? Mm -hmm. um, my Nana, who, you know, my Nana and Papa kind of raised me, like, she stayed home. She did a lot of those traditional things, but she certainly wasn't that submissive <laughs> in their relationship. <laughs> like, she kind of ruled it. So so I just remember thinking, okay, I'm hearing this stuff in church, mm -hmm. but I just don't know how this translates. Yeah. And I wonder... If that's a question that our listeners or viewers, depending on how you're connecting with us today, can also share, you know, when did you hear about this scripture? Is this your first time hearing it and you're like, what? 
or have you heard it and in what way was it presented mm. to you? Because I think depending on how you heard it also shapes uh, what you're expecting of yourself, mm -hmm. your family, your potential spouse. And I wonder that because we saw this interpreted in limited ways, either not addressed or addressed in singular ways, what do you think we miss when we don't engage the fullness of this passage? And let me just share what I mean by fullness. The first verse you read said, be subject to one another as you are to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I probably was in my 20s when I realized that's how the passage started. Everything I heard previously was about wife and husband relationships and not this general, you need to be subject to one another, which informs this later discussion. Right. So what happens when we have that limited interpretation mm -hmm. for you? Yeah, I don't wanna be too simple simplistic here, but I just think we miss the point hmm. when we have that limited interpretation. And I will admit, you know, okay, I share that story from seminary, like as kind of a, an extreme example, but I know for me, as I've engaged with scripture, like Paul, real struggle for me because mm -hmm. a lot of Paul's writing, this is one famous passage, but a lot of Paul's writings have been used to limit what women can do in the church right. vocationally, um, functionally, even I would say spiritually, like what are you called right. to do? Right. And I just think when we miss the context that Paul is working in, we limit ourselves in a way we don't have to. We create a lot of barriers and division. And I think we actually, you know, I hear these passages lifted up because they like, in theory, help relationships with men and women. I just think they kind of actually harm them mm -hmm. because they put us in this weird like dichotomy or distance with each other that I don't think God really intends. And I'm, ooh, I'm not even sure Paul intended us to interpret these words that way. Yeah, and, and, and I think that there's biblical evidence to support that mm -hmm. because throughout Paul's writings, there's this pattern where Paul shares a, a universal truth and then applies it in this very contextual way. So, i.e., at the beginning of this narrative, be subject to one another. Now, I'm talking about you Ephesians. What, what does this look like mm -hmm. in your context? And some commentators suggest that in the church at Ephesus at the time, there was this disrespect happening between men and women mm. and wives and husbands, and Paul is attending to that. Uh, there's other commentators that when he's saying women be quiet in church, that there were women that were literally like, hey, like all the time, like actually we need you to be quiet. But he's talking about that particular context mm -hmm. because then you look at other writing where he's saying, you know, the whole body of Christ is important. There's no peace that's more important than the others. And you're trying to figure out how to wrestle with what seems like this um, equitable and egalitarian way in which Paul calls everyone into the body, you have a purpose, but then provides these limits. And I think that's why contextual reading of the Bible matters, as you're yeah. saying, because he's talking about what's happening in that community. Mm -hmm. And 
if we are not willing and we don't always have the time to do these deep historical dives, Mm -hmm. then we have to, I think, take the time to engage in our faith and ask questions maybe that we're not asking. Mm -hmm. And as we hear some of those answers, we might get a different story. Yeah. And are we open to our minds or our sort of molds that we've made? Are we open to those things changing? Mm-hmm. What when I when I read passages like this and I think about these kind of topics and I think about my own faith journey, I just think, what are we holding up as the loss here if we were to read it in a different way or let this mean something that maybe it hasn't meant for us mm-hmm. in the past? Like what what's the fear there? And so I feel like if you're someone who you're hearing this conversation, you're like, mm, I don't know if I track or this is kind of hard for me. Mm-hmm. I would just invite you to create that space for yourself to to explore like what do you what do you value what's the possible loss and then maybe what's the invitation that God has for you as you engage with scripture mm-hmm. whether it's this passage or you know the other parts that are confusing mm-hmm. and, and and big and I I mean that's such a I think an important question because biblical scholars would say that's exactly what Paul was doing that as we keep reading this narrative where Paul starts with wives, you know, submit to your husbands, your husband is the head of the house, and then continues on the B side of the track that no one plays, Mm. husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Putting those words together, husbands love your wives, was a revolutionary idea mm-hmm. in the ancient Near East. Women were property. Yeah. Women were uh, had no legal standing. Women uh, were at, if their husband died, they were looking to a male child or relative uh, to connect to because they literally had no authority. And here Paul is saying, you need to love your wife the way that Christ loves the church. And that is a totally different possibility that's being suggested. And there's also a totally different understanding of what love is. So, you know, as I think about coming up on this Christmas season, like every year, I'm going to watch Love Actually. Yes, you are. And (laughs) And I am as well. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm going to just sit there and cry, even though I know what's going to happen, because love is all around us. Yes. Like, it's just... Yes, the prime minister is dancing. Is go- yes, and is he that's what's going to happen. Yes. And this took a turn, but I'm here it, for it. Well, <laughs> here's the turn. The turn is that we make love that romantic comedy, mm-hmm. and Paul is reminding us that God's love is sacrificial. Right. God's love is not, you know, putting up the sign or running to the airport. <laughs> it's I will lay down my life for you. Mm -hmm. And in that is submission. Mm -hmm. And so then when we read this passage, it's not just about wives, you follow your husbands, but also husbands, lay down your life Mm -hmm. for your wives. That's mutual submission. That's what Paul said at the outset that none of us highlighted because we're only talking about what women should be doing. And I think that we miss that when we've limited our interpretation. I I wonder, as we think about that, Mindy, 
And I invite those that are listening to think about how this limited interpretation may have affected you, mm-hmm. um, how you've seen it affect uh, the lives of other men and women. You know, I think when we started this conversation, we said, this has affected women in these negative ways. But as we're having this conversation, oh, yeah. so too Absolutely. men and children mm-hmm. and families and systems. And systems, yeah. yes. I wonder where have you seen the impact of interpreting this passage in a limited way harm others? Mm-hmm. I just think of maybe all the missed opportunities that I've seen, especially like as someone that sits in the church mm-hmm. space, that's where I, I think of this the most. You know, I think of women who like maybe called to preach and that opportunity is never there for them because mm-hmm. that's not something we can do. I think about one of my friends in a previous context who when she would preach, they would say that she was teaching or mm-hmm. sharing. Mm-hmm. And it was just these limits. And that is just so, it's so harmful. It's so tragic. It's such a loss. We lose like the multifaceted nature of who God is when we limit it to mm-hmm. one gender being the, I don't know, the head or the the authority. Mm-hmm. And and I think we, we miss out on sort of the fullness of God and the fullness of community. Yeah. I, it, the, the, the phrase that's coming to mind as you share that is that we have limited God's imagination for us. Yes. And what a tragic mm-hmm. thing that is. I have a friend um, whose parents uh, were both able preachers, and uh, they ended up divorcing later. And the quote that she used as her parents were divorcing was that her dad was saying, there's too much gospel in one bed. And that uh, phrase has always stuck with me because I'm married to a preacher. Like, wait, what? Is there, (laughs) like, how do you measure that? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, But as I unpack that, I think it's an assumption that uh, there's a relationship between gospel or preaching and power and authority. And both of us mm-hmm. can't have that power and authority. Right. And assuming that in marital relationships, both people cannot have power and authority. Mm-hmm. So we have to create this hierarchy. And what Christ is actually subverting is that kind of power structure and calling us to be to live sacrificially for one another. Mm-hmm. It is so much easier to just do the defined role. Mm -hmm. It's harder to live into the fullness of God's imagination. That requires faith, not only in God, in one another, but also sacrifice. Like I, I, you know, in my marriage, we talk about mutual submission and that's a foundation of our marriage and I suck at it. I don't like <laughs> submitting what we're going to have to dinner this mm-hmm. evening. And c- to constantly share life is a faith exercise that not only women need to experience, 
but men and women mm. need to experience. So in limiting that imagination, I think we often, we, we forego the opportunity to have kinds of relationships where we're sacrificing with and for one another. And the blessing that comes out of that. I mean, I think about that couple, and one response could be there's too much gospel in one bed, or imagine who and what we could do together because we are both skilled or called or passionate about this. Mm. And what a loss that is for the church, for people personally, um, and for the people looking at us for a model of, of what wholeness could look like. Well, and then we can talk about it in sort of these more theological terms, but I think about the way that that trickles down into like really difficult situations or consequences. And mm-hmm. I wonder if you might share about where you've seen like some some of the the real harm. Oh yeah. Cuz it's not just about, you know, systems and structure, but it's about people's interpersonal lives too. Right. And so one of the things that we do here is that we have a um, on-call phone and it's a way for people, where, wherever you are, what you're going through, to reach out and connect with a pastor. And we had someone call uh, who was asking for advice about whether or not she could leave an abusive marriage because she knows she's supposed to submit to her husband. And she wanted to know if she was allowed to consider leaving because she knows the scripture. And, you know, my first question, of course, are you safe? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what was so hard for me. She wanted to address that question, but she wanted to address the theological question first. Mm-hmm. It was as if she couldn't attend to her own physical well-being until this spiritual question was answered. And I think about how many other women may be putting their physical selves at risk or staying in unhealthy or abusive partnerships because they have been taught that you are supposed to follow the head, even Mm -hmm. if that head is abusive, Mm -hmm. even if that head is, is making choices that harm you. And that's why this really matters. And it's not just this abstract theological concept, but it shows up in the rising number of cases of domestic violence since COVID. Uh, it shows up uh, not only in those physical domestic violence situations, but also in the ways in which you're more likely to be in a marriage or partnership that's abusive if you grew up in a home where that happened. And I I cannot, I usually pride myself on my Google degree, but I do remember a report talking about how this domestic violence is higher in so-called Christian homes. Mm -hmm. And we, this gospel that uh, gives us freedom and agency can also be used to abuse and harm and limit and trap. Mm-hmm. And too often the victims of that are women. Right. And it's because of scriptures like this. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that this is an important time to say for those that may be listening that have grown up or are being taught around that kind of interpretation. Um, sometimes I, I had, I, as I think more about that call, Mindy, I have grace for her because she takes seriously her faith. That's sure. why it, it mattered what the Bible right. had to say about this choice. But also to know that there are people who care about your physical and your spiritual health. And to find those, you'll see this in our show notes, some links if you are in that kind of relationship where you can get support mm -hmm. and resources. You know, if you're in Indianapolis, the Julian Center is a great place to start um, because God does not desire that you stay in a marriage that harms you physically, mm -hmm. spiritually, or emotionally. Right. And I wonder if, if in sharing that, um, we might talk about maybe some of, which seems like a bit of a, a contrast, some of the gifts of this passage. Mm -hmm. um, Mindy, what do you see as some of the ways that what looks like a super limiting and potentially harmful passage is actually a gift to us as people of faith? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the gift is that we're invited to maybe love beyond ourselves mm. and our own, you know, impulses. Like I think about my own marriage and um, you have a very extroverted person married to a very introverted person. <laughs> <laughs> and when we first got married, you know, we lived across the country from everyone. And mm -hmm. so I would just tell Zach, oh, so-and-so is coming to visit for a week. And it just would stress him out so mm -hmm. much. I mean, he hated it. And he finally sat me down and was like, I'm never going to tell you no, but I need you to ask mm -hmm. just so I can like have some sort of feeling of like autonomy in our yeah. house. And I was like, oh, you, right. Because I'm just, you know, throw open the door, say mm -hmm. yes. And that would not work with us. And so it helped me get a little bit outside of myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when we love people, whether it's in a marriage relationship or, or any other I think the best way that we love is by thinking beyond ourselves and yeah. and putting the other people first as it's healthy and, mm -hmm. and safe. You are reminding me of, of two things that I that I think are gifts from this passage. One, I haven't thought of in a while is probably because it convicts my own bad marital behavior. <laughs> I grew up in a household where my dad made, I would say, 98% of the financial decisions and yet made them and pretty much expected my mom to implement them. Mm. And so it can be hard to implement something when you're not invited right. to help decide what those things may be. And so my parents' way of communicating, my mom was a yeller and my dad was a runner. So you're yelling, I'm, I'm, I'm running away here. from yeah. the yelling. And I think that would frustrate her. So she would yell more like, hello, are you hearing me? So, and, and my husband says this all the time. So I'm from a huge family and he's from a very small family. So the first time he came to a holiday dinner, he's like, it is loud as hell here. Like, I, I don't, why are you all screaming? I'm like, because there's a lot of people. Like yeah. you, you've got to, yeah, yes. I thought that was completely normal. And I also took that 
yelling paradigm into our marriage. I remember one time, I think this was over the cereal bowl. This is like a, a milestone mm-hmm. in our marriage. One of our, our biggest first arguments over who left the cereal bowl in the sink and didn't wash it. It wasn't me. It was you. And I was raising my voice. And Javon very quietly said, do not yell at me. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he's like, when you do that, that not only makes me want to stop listening, but it hurts me. And I was like, shame bubble. (laughs) Let the shame bubble surround me. (laughs) And I will never forget that. Because I think when you talk about what this invitation that this scripture has for us, part of submission, I think, is submitting the pattern that I had and creating a new pattern in partnership with you. That's good. And I am a loud person. And he does not speak at the level that I talk. (laughs) And I have to be mindful of how my behavior affects him. Mm -hmm. If I want him to be mindful of my behavior Mm -hmm. as, or, or of his behavior and how it affects me as well. And then I think the second thing, and, and this is what I will say about every just crazy scripture that Paul writes, because there's a lot of them. This is why we have a Bible as opposed to verses. Yeah that Mm -hmm. our call as people of faith is to not read the chapter, but to read the book. Because when you compare this image of marriage to Proverbs 31, which I know we will eventually have a whole series on Proverbs 31, and Proverbs 31 has been used in some ways to harm women Mm -hmm. at different times. But if you read that scripture, the proverbial woman Mm -hmm. is a woman who is making decisions about the household. Uh, It literally says that she considers a piece of land, a field, and then she buys it, that she is directing her servants, that she is doing all the things that we do not associate with a submissive wife, right? Or a biblical woman, Mm -hmm. a decision maker, a money maker. And then it says her husband has full confidence in her. And I used to, like, in my early womanist interpretation of, uh, does she need his confidence? (laughs) Yes. Like what it's saying is actually the antithesis Mm -hmm. of the way women were interpreted in that to have a man who says, I have full confidence in someone that is legally considered a child, that that's disruptive. It is a big deal. And this is why putting these two things together with other scriptures Mm -hmm. forms a fuller picture of what our marital relationships can look like and what submission really means. So I think that if you're still thinking, I don't know if I buy this, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think if you're ready to get the tattoo, I'm a submissive wife, that's okay. I'm not gonna get one, but I I thank God for you that we are in relationship. Um, What's your final thought on this topic? My final thought goes back to actually a time before I was married. Mm. So I was engaged, and I was living in Chicago. I was working at this Assemblies of God church um, and really wrestling with 
these kind of passages and this kind of thought, because what was interesting about this church culture is in many ways, they were more theologically conservative than I was. Like I was always being like, but, but, but (laughs) with everything, but they were incredibly affirming of women in ministry. Hmm. I mean, there were several female pastors on their staff and I'd never seen that in my context before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one in particular who I was very close to. And I remember sitting her down and saying, okay, I'm watching you. You are a role model to me. Like, I think you're amazing what you're doing. And her husband was not a pastor. Mm-hmm. And that was the situation that I was about to find myself in in just a few months. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I know all these things I've been taught that women need to submit, that men are supposed to be the spiritual leader of the household. That is not going to be my situation. So am I doing it wrong? Because you seem to be doing it right. Mm -hmm. And what she told me, she was like, who am I to limit the way that my husband would love me? And the way that he loves me best is to let me use my God-given calling gifts. Mm. So who am I to take that away from him? Mm. And I was like, all right, I will take that and put that in my pocket. And I just thought it was so, it was so beautiful because... Mm. Again, that may not be where I've settled forever in my theology on these passages, but what an invitation mm-hmm. for those of us who have been told that is the only way to live in a Christ-like way. Yeah. So there is still a Baptist inside of me, and that is the closing to the sermon. Like, seriously, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to take the offering. Who are we to limit the Lord our God? I mean, okay, let me just... Do we have a PayPal? Is yes, that how we're going to do this? Yeah, let me come back. So that is such a, a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder as we always close, um, what's filling your well when you think about submission? <laughs> that is, I've never like formed that sentence. What's filling your oh, well I'm, I'm a mess right when now. you I think can't. about submission? Oh, do you have an answer for <laughs> I do have, I have I'm going to have you go first okay. because I need to think about this for a second. So I, I think that one of the biggest challenges for me is it, with this kind of theology of submission is that I used to think of it as a theological issue and maybe didn't recognize that it is, a to me, a practical mm. marriage issue. And when I take it out of this kind of um, God language for a second. I remember, let me provide a little context. I remember being in a Bible study and our pastor saying, you know, we think about some of these Levitical laws around don't eat shellfish and don't eat mm-hmm. pork. And we think, oh, that's theological. But actually, when you look at <laughs> the rates of ancient people and how they died, there was a lot of food poisoning. Don't do that. <laughs> yes. And a lot of people with shellfish allergies. Yeah. Like some of this <laughs> a big, a is big practical. Yes. And we've, we've wrapped it in theological meaning. And some of it is really about our own just basic human well-being. And I think that I, what's actually filling my well around submission as a wife is my role as a mother. Because I want absolute obedience <laughs> from my children. It has never you can happened. Submit. That's like, fine. <laughs> and I remember my, this was like the crunchiest I've ever felt in my life. I found hot chocolate in Joshua's 
closet and there were like fruit flies in his closet. I'm like, Joshua, you know the rules. We don't eat upstairs, blah, blah, blah. And he literally turned back at me, but you do. <laughs> and you know those like those Instagram things where the music starts dun, 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 and it's like a telling off. Uh -huh. And I literally was like, well, you know, I <laughs> don't I love that you took this a... argument and you just like dove into it. Oh my it. gosh. And it was just like, okay. And I think with submission, it's about that give and take, mm -hmm. that mutual self-sacrifice. And what's filling my well is I'm actually recognizing the spaces in my family relationships where if I want to receive that mutual submission, I have to also model it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm gonna set up a rule, then I also have to be accountable to that rule. And so, yes, I did have a thing of hot chocolate in my room. Now, it had been 24 hours versus however long Three this weeks. <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, yeah, you have to model what you're hoping to receive. Mm. And that's calling me to fill my well. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. What about you? Yeah, so as we're talking more about this, the word that's coming to my mind is trust. Mm. So as I think of a place where I am, you know, submission and control don't go hand in hand. It's so unfortunate. Faith and control don't. <laughs> right. Hand. We do an episode on control <laughs> at some point. But I feel like the last, you know, year and some change has really driven home the point of how little control I have, both as my kids are getting older. I mean, we let our daughter go trick-or-treat around the block with a couple friends without mm -hmm. us, and that was like the biggest deal ever. <laughs> um, but also, you know, with our son's health, with him having type 1 diabetes. And for me, as I look at that, like, as much as I angst to admit this, Zach is in many ways better at managing diabetes things like he's better at math he's better you know like he just he's a little more confident in it and it's been hard for me to sort of let go of that control and be like I'm gonna let him lead here mm -hmm. like I feel like I should have all of this stuff together but I don't have to because mm -hmm. I have a partner mm -hmm. and so I think that's what is filling my well if I let it and if I look at that as a gift instead of you know, a, a challenge yeah. to overcome. And mm. so there's this opportunity and this invitation to trust him mm -hmm. with things, even if I want to be the one that has like the final stamp oh, yes. on everything. Well, I think that's a question for everyone who is listening. Uh, what is filling your well? We won't ask you about your submission, but what is filling your well when you think about this? We want to hear it, share it back with us. And Mindy, I'm grateful that we get to have these hard mm. and crazy conversations that are hopefully unfiltered and helping someone else have an unfiltered relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So we'll see you on the next episode.